Now, we've already been shaped. Yes, sir. We're children of slaves. Yes. We've been shaped by our slave master. Shaped by his educational system. Shaped by his political and judicial system. Shaped by slavery and injustice. That's why you come today wearing the name of your former slave master because you're no longer who you are. You're what he made you. How in the hell can you say God called you then go downtown and look for a license? If God called us, we don't need the white man to give us a license. We are already licensed by the call. Did Moses go to Pharaoh? Pharaoh, I, I met God in the burning bush. Can you license me to preach? That's disrespectful. So now we come to the little child. Yes, yes. We are all grown up. Grown up and messed up. So Jesus said, see, this little child, except you become as that, mm. meaning we've got to be remade. Yes. All right. See, you know what Jesus told Nicodemus? Oh, yeah. see, except you be born again. Can I enter back into my mother's womb for a second time? No, but you see, You've been made other than who God made you. He made you the glory. White man made you his nigger. You didn't hear me. God made a man. But the white man made a nigger. And call you boy all your life. God wants to make us men again. The Bible says there's a lion asleep in Judah. Who will wake him? You can't send a pussycat to wake up a lion. Look out! The Bible says, how can they know except they have a teacher? And how can they have a teacher except he be sent? Now, your former slave masters and their children are not going to send you somebody to free you from their grip. God has to intervene and send us somebody to free us that we can become true disciples and apostles of Jesus the Christ. Farrakhan, do, do you all believe in Jesus the Christ? Yes, indeed. All right, all right. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. There's not a Muslim anywhere on this planet 
And there's one billion six hundred million of us that does not believe in Jesus. Now there's conflict. And even Muslims need to be straightened out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that's why God comes. Oh, yes. To straighten the crooked thing out. And make the rough places plain. And to choose a people that was no people to confound the wise. Yeah. Do you want to believe that you are chosen? God wants you to be the cornerstone of his kingdom. He chose the despise. Who is more despised than us? He chose the rejected. And he made the rejected stone the headstone of the corner. This is you. I mean, I could take from the teachings of Elijah Muhammad what you started with. All right. A man born blind. All right, all right, all See, right. These are not just there. They're telling us something about a condition that was so grave that once it was healed, you would know that God was intervening in the affairs of that blind man. Look. Excuse me, I, I get excited. Especially when I'm talking to preachers because I love you so much and I want to see you successful. Because your success is our success. If you build a mega church and in it are good and righteous people, that's a blessing. We build a mega mosque, you build a mega church, somebody build a mega synagogue, and all in there are obedient to the will of God, then we can change the reality that's beyond those doors. Now, I'm coming to another thing with children. There were some children that were coming to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But before they could get to Jesus, All right. the disciples rebuked them. They did. Now wait a minute. They did. What kind of ignorance mm. was in the disciples mm. walking with the master and children are coming to the master so he could just lay hands on them. And they rebuked the little children. So the scripture says, Jesus stopped them and said, suffer the little children and forbid them not. Suffer them to come unto me. That's it, that's it, that's it. For of such mm -hmm. is the kingdom of God. Mm. Now look at the church. All right. Where are the young people? What's happening to your children and mine, your grandchildren and mine, your great grandchildren? See, they're not coming to church. 
That's your thing, not theirs. You sell them, tell them, child, you need to have Jesus in your life. They don't say it. They would just say to you, you need to have him in your life. Now, those young people out there look at us as pimps. Hustlers of their grandmothers and mothers for money. And they come home, they had a good time, but the conditions at home and in the world never change. All right, all right. So some of them out there are angry with those of us in leadership. And some of us are afraid of our own young people. That's it, that's it. Now, Mayor Daly and Mayor Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Daly came to the mosque. All right. And, of course, we didn't put it in the paper or take pictures of him and plaster it in the news mm -hmm. like some of us would do. Yeah. <laughs> Massa came and <laughs> Massa sat at our table and... Uh, Go ahead. Look out, bro. Look out. <laughs> Praise the Lord for the Massa. <laughs> he came to our mosque. I sat him in my seat. Oh, no. All right. I would not sit in my brother's seat. Some of us are so grand. We want the uppermost seats in somebody else's house. But no, no, no. He invited me to sit in his seat. I said, no, thank you. You are the boss of this house. Yes, wow. yes. And I respect you as the head of your house. Yes. And what is it taking from me to sit next to you? <laughs> all right, all right. But if I got to sit in the big seat and you got to get up out of your chair. Yeah. But yeah. I got up out of mine. He didn't ask for it. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, you the father of the city. You sit there. Yeah. All right. See, it didn't take nothing away from me. No. I am who I am. He couldn't add one cubit to my height by being in the mosque. Because I'm not seeking his blessing. I'm seeking the blessing of God and his Christ. So, he said, Minister, the thing that is hurting us is that with all the killing that is going on in the community, the people seem numb to the killing. And when a white policeman would shoot us down, we read it. Let's march. These crackers are doing it again. But every Friday night, Saturday night, the emergency room is filled, not by crackers, but by us killing us. 
That's a worse crime because the cracker has always been our enemy. But when we become our worst enemy, then that's something that we should be concerned with. Now, why did the disciples rebuke the children? And why don't we encourage the youth to enter the door? See, they don't have no job. So they can't tithe. So hell, I don't need nobody sitting up in here. They can't tie. <laughs> look out, look out, man. No, <laughs> yes, sir. Send it, send it. Yes, sir. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> A former congressman, uh, Ralph Metcalf, <laughs> invited me to, <laughs> to lunch downtown in one of those fancy restaurants when I first came to Chicago. And during the time I was eating my little steak, he said, Farrakhan, do you vote? I said, well, no, we, we, we have not voted. He said, what the hell am I inviting you to dinner for? <laughs> yes, sir. What was he telling me? <laughs> if you can't or don't vote, you can't help me. Right. That's right, that's right. See? Well, he was looking for a vote. Yeah. My question to you is, what are you looking for? See, if tithing is what you're looking for, rather than taking those children and laying hands on them and cultivating them that we may have a future, then if money means more to you than the salvation of our children, then your church is going to be empty because now the people don't have no jobs. And they can't give like they used to. All right, all right. And the city under Rahm Emanuel is not given. Nobody loves a beggar. No, no. So the man that was born blind, you see. That man that was born blind, he was sitting and begging. Yeah. And he was outside the door of the synagogue. He wasn't even in the synagogue. No, he all right, all right. <laughs> so when Jesus walked up, uh, the disciple asked him, Master, who did sin? Did this man or his parents that he is born blind? And Jesus said, neither, neither he nor his parents. He is born blind that the works of God mm. might be made manifest in him. All right, all right. Now, when a man is born blind, mm. yes, sir. he never saw the sun. Mm. He never saw the moon. He never saw the stars. No. All right. He never saw himself. All right. He never saw his mother. Right. He never saw his brother. He could hear a voice, but he never saw. Mm. That son represents freedom. Yes. A man born blind never saw the light of a day where he was free. He never saw the moon, which represents equality. He never saw the star that represents justice. He never saw his mother. How do you know? 
Because if you saw your real mother, your mother would have dressed you, not in a miniskirt. Look out, look out. Not in the garment of the prostitutes of the street. But if you knew your real mother from Jerusalem. From beyond the river Jordan. You would be clothed in a decent dress. And if you never saw your father, then he couldn't give you your real name. Because the name that you came here with is not yours. Mr. Foster. See, that was a man some generations ago that named the last slave in the family. Oh, yeah. Mr. Henderson. Yes, sir. Mr. Bass. Yeah. See? Bass, what is that? <laughs> All that's, right. that's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> They're naming you after a creature when you are direct descendant of the creator? Yes, All right. Sir. All right. See, the white man is not a direct descendant of the creator. I could argue that all day long. But bring the scholars if you are not capable. He's not from God. So he's named after the creatures. Mr. Wall. Mr. Book. Mr. Green. Mr. Tree. Oh, Mr. Roundtree. Right. Mr. Oak. Oh, yeah. And he named us. So we are not named after the creator. We are named after one of the creatures. And we are from the creator. Anyway. Why are you rebuking these children? They don't have money. What can they give the church when they come? Yes, sir. They give you themselves. Yes. That's what a child gives the parent. They coo at first. That's their way of saying thank you. All right. A child is innocent. Mm. They're grateful for what you do for them. They don't attach a fee to it. Jesus healed people, and not one time did he ask them to give him some money. No. And even when you mention Elisha, yes, one of them crooked disciples were hanging out with Elisha, and he healed the woman and didn't charge her nothing. And then this wicked disciple came back and said, wait a minute, uh, he changed his mind. See, Jesus was trying to make disciples that trusted in God. And he told them, hey, 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 wait, wait. Look at the lilies. They neither toil, neither do they spin, but God takes care of them. Don't you think he would take care of you who preach the gospel without money being the, the God of your mind? I'd like to say something from the Holy Quran which backs up the good of the Bible. See? It says, do no favor seeking gain. See? 
I was in Nigeria and the president of Nigeria wanted me to ease his tension because he had killed nine people called the Agoni Nine mm. and Mandela was against him and Mugabe was against him and he wanted me to intercede for him. So I, I told the man that invited me, he said, now whatever you charge, I said, don't, don't say that. Because mm. if you're going to ask me what I want for money, then I can't come. Because if I come to serve, I want to be successful. All right, all right. And if money is on my mind rather than service, mm. then that corrupts my spirit and lessens the power of what I came to do. So if money is your God rather than God, then your spirit to heal is corrupted. Your spirit to serve is corrupted because you're looking for things. And that's why Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all things will be added unto you. We got this thing backwards. All right. All right. Seek the things into hell with the kingdom. Well, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, you didn't say that. You would never say nothing like that. But when you do other than that, that's exactly what you're saying. Because right now you preach for money. Right now money is the God. You got to have the money. You got to do it. But what, what kind of service are we giving the people? All right. Mm. So, I think now we can get to the social problem. But when I went to Nigeria, the first night I was there, they sent a bag. And in the bag was a million dollars in cash in cash in cash I didn't even have to sign a receipt just walk out with the money brother Leonard was there my son Mustafa was there I said take that back and give it to them Yes, I, it's, it is right. Full of the Holy Ghost, buddy. Got Jesus with you. See? I don't do good for money. That's right. But money will come. That's the point. If you serve well, money's going to come. God will open the hearts of the people that you serve properly, and they will take care of you and free you from need and debt and want. All right, I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Now, our children are out there killing, 
raping, robbing. Very destructive. But guess what? They're the best generation that we've ever produced. Yes, sir. How could you say that, Farrakhan, with the evil that they're doing? You know, Jesus had to descend into hell before he could ascend into heaven. See, the depth down that you've gone is telling you how high you can go when you have a change of heart. Now, what's out there is worse than anything we've ever seen because they're the best that we have ever produced and they're separated from their elders. And into that separation has come a vacuum. And God wants to get in the vacuum and Satan is already in it. Yes, sir. All right, all right. Go ahead. I'm almost finished. Yes, sir. Take your time, take your time. Teach me. Satan is in the vacuum. Mm. So you see them killing, they're cold-hearted. Mm. But don't worry about that. Because yes, the scripture says, I'm going to take out of you a heart of stone. And I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Yes. See, but it's because we mm. are rebellious and hard-hearted and stiff-necked against obedience to God. I'm talking about those of us in leadership. We follow people that are articulate but not moral. We follow people that can show us their degrees, their letters. But Jesus had neither. No letters but was learned. Well, neither did I graduate from college. I went there and got to my fourth year, but my girlfriend, girlfriend, became pregnant, and I could not continue, because when my girlfriend became pregnant, as a man, I had a responsibility. I wasn't going to walk away from my responsibility right. to that woman and what was growing in her womb that was put there by me. See? So I left school before I got my letters so that God could use me and the, the, the college couldn't get the credit. I, I, I never got a BS degree, and maybe that's the problem with you all. I never got an MS, a PhD, <clears throat> or a DD. And you got to be careful of these doctorates of divinity. Because Isaiah the prophet says, DD mean dumb dogs. <laughs> look out, look out, look out. Talking about preachers. Yeah. Said greedy dogs. Yes, he did. That never get enough. Yeah. All right. Woo. He's whipping us. Yeah. And I put myself in that, though I don't belong in it, 
<laughs> well, you know, well, but I'm going in it yeah. so we can, all can be comfortable that are in it yeah. so I can help us to get out of yes, it. Yes, but I was foolish too at one point. You know, I never had nothing come out of complete poverty. Yeah. And I was poor a long time. I mean, long time. <laughs> When I accepted to follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, I was in show business and was offered $500 a week back in the 50s. That's big money back then. But when I became a Muslim, I put that down and got a job selling storm windows and doors. I never took a salesman course. I didn't do too well. Then I got a job washing dishes, and I didn't do that too good. They had me mopping floors, and I would swing the mop and go with it. Because my mother had me playing the violin. She said, I'm going to wash the floor. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want you to be in no servant position. I didn't see nothing wrong with being a servant. I didn't see nothing wrong with taking my neighbor's garbage out. Uh, yes. That to me was all right. I wasn't stealing. But what? she didn't want that. But I did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Some of our parents, you know, they have this false pride. But I wasn't born with that. Mm. So I got these jobs that I wasn't fit for. But I worked hard. I wasn't the best worker, but I showed up on time. And before they fired me, they said, now, Lewis. <laughs> You're such a nice young fella. You're always on time. You're very respectful, but you just can't do this work. Sorry. Have to let you go. Well, God is good. I kept on going until Elijah Muhammad told me that we had gotten so many new Muslims that he said you could get $100 a week. Which I never got in nine years of my ministry. This is the truth. Now, I'm saying this to young men and pastors who, if you believe in God, you ought to know he's going to try you. And sometimes he tries you with much, sometimes he tries you with little, but he's going to try you. And even though there were other treasuries that had money in it, that I could have taken money out right. to make up the hundred. Because they gave me 35. The most money I ever got was $65. And my poor little wife, bless her heart, she said, you got to ask for more money. <laughs> and I told her, honey, I'm just going to wait. Yeah. All right. 
until my change comes. But I'm not going to beg the people for money if it's not in their heart to give it to me. I just keep working. I'm just telling you this. This is not, uh, I'm not making nothing up. I'm not trying to show myself as somebody great. But that's just the way I am. See, Malcolm was my first teacher. And Malcolm taught me that it's worse if you lose the money that belongs to the believers. It's better that you die rather than have them blame you for stealing. Well, that, I don't believe that now. Of course, he, he was a young minister and he was trying to tell me how to be a righteous minister. All right, all right. So I had just gotten started and somebody came and burned down the house I was living in, trying to kill me and my wife and my children. Lord. Now let me say this to you pastors. See, if you're not being persecuted for Christ's sake, you don't know him. Oh, well, well, say you're right. Now I got you, listen to me. Because if the world loves you, then you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. Because the world did not love him. And he said, if you follow me, the world will not love you. The world will reject you even as it rejected me. This world don't love Farrakhan. I got a controversy with members of the Jewish community. Some of you will call me anti-Semitic, but go read the Bible. <laughs> Jesus had that same controversy. See, you scatter the book <laughs> if you really got to preach it. So you part a follower. but fear of the enemy and not trusting in God to deliver you from the enemy. Those young people out there, they need us. Mayor Daly was trying to tell us that we need to be out in the street. We took the worst part of Chicago Southwest side East side and went in with the gangs in the area there was 168 gangs in that one area we met with the gang leaders well I made a thousand DVDs, youth in, black youth in peril, and sent the fruit of Islam, the men of Islam, to knock on doors and give them the video and then sit down and talk with them. Jesus didn't build no church. He taught in synagogues, but he never built one. Where did you find Jesus? In the highways and the byways with the little people. Where are we? 
sitting in the church, sitting in the office, talking to Lord, but not getting out where the problem is. It's not in the church, though you've got problems in the church too now. Because the devil is in the house. But we got to get out in the street with the people. You can't be afraid of your young people. And you can't rebuke them and beat them up. See, we got to go and take back the streets. Take them back. You never had them. <laughs> you don't own nothing. Somebody else owns. You renting. And if you have a house that you got a note on, you still don't own it yet. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, come on now. Those are our children. And guess what? Pastor told me that they're letting them out four and five hundred. Is it a week? Why did they arrest them in the first place? Why do they swoop down on these young people and they have no advocacy? And they put them in prison because they found them with a reefer or found them with some crack cocaine. And we are saying, well, I guess uh, they deserve it with that dope that they're using. Wait a minute. They didn't bring the dope in. They didn't bring the guns in. No. Somebody's bringing that into our community. Yes. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yes. Well, what kind of watchmen are we? All right. Oh, See, the preachers of God are watchmen on the wall yes, to protect the flock. Right. But if we are hirelings, right. look at Jesus. He said, I. Oh, man. This is a I am. Right. I am the good shepherd. Yes. The good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. But the hireling who's in it for money, when the wolf comes, he runs away. So pastors, one pastor said, it's an opportunity for us. Isn't that what you said, pastor? An opportunity. All right. All right. To prove God. That's it. That's it. He's born blind. That's it. That's it. Now check this out. After Jesus took a little spittle. Yes, sir. <laughs> rubbed it on his eye and told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yes, the man came away seeing. Mm -hmm. And after he could see. He didn't beg no more. All right. So, so, then the Pharisees came. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is, it, is this the man that used to sit here and beg? Let's question him. I liked you as a beggar. Because as long as you were a beggar, white supremacy stayed intact. All right. But now this Negro can see. And he got up and stopped begging. 
So the Pharisee wanted to know what happened to you. He said, I met a man named Jesus. And he opened up my eyes. And so then they started castigating Jesus. Now, now look at you today. See? Somebody speak evil of Jesus, you want to yank their teeth out. But in that day, the Pharisees said, why, that man is a sinner. He's a wicked man. See, when you start to invite me to your meetings, somebody will say, why, why invite him? Look out, look out, sir. He's a hater. He's anti-white. He's anti-Semitic. Why are you going to, oh, no, Reverend, I ain't coming. Got that man. In the pulpit of Jesus Christ? <laughs> preach, preach. Get it, get it. Yes, See, that's the way they handle Jesus. See, the man is a sinner. But the blind man was wise. He said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But what I do know is, whereas I was once blind, now I see. That's the point. Yes, sir. Your people are out there blind from birth. But Jesus need to speak to them. You know, when you speak a lot, you know, you develop a little spittle. Sometime when you're preaching and you're hooping a little, you know, a little spittle will come out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but Jesus took that spittle. See, it only means from the work of the word. All right, all right, all right. And rubbed it on his eye and told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. Now, in Hebrew and Arabic, oh, God, yes. help me. Take your time, take your time. See, it's a phonetic language. All right. You don't pay attention to the vowel. Siloam. S, I, a vowel, O, A, vowel, but S, L, M. How did I greet you this morning? Peace. Salam. Salam. Islam. I came in from the spittle of my mouth. You are being bathed right now. Yes, sir in the pool of peace All right. and when you go away from here today you're seeing better than you saw when you came in and sat down could it be that you met a man All right. evil spoken of but not an evil man a man that never been arrested in his life he don't smoke he don't drink he don't coke he don't snort he don't chase women he don't chase men what kind of fault are they gonna find with me except that there's truth in my mouth and I'm unafraid to tell it because Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall amen so that vacuum is preparation 
for the voice of the Messiah. Let me say it again. See, they've been cut off from the elders. See, when this civil rights movement made it possible for us to sleep in hotels and motels that we were forbidden when we were young. Some of you young people don't know what your parents went through to get you here. And parents, you made a big mistake by not telling your children what you and grandma and grandpa and great grandma and great grandpa went through so that they don't think because you got a black man in the White House that everything has changed. Ain't nothing changed. Did you hear what I said? I'm happy that our brother's in the White House. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't running on a black agenda. So you would be foolish to think now that he's in the White House that he's going to serve a black agenda. That's not what he went there for. He was selected before he was elected. Yes, sir. These white folks saw him growing at Harvard. You didn't see him. <laughs> you didn't know him, but they did. They said, look at him. Beautiful black man. But he got high blood in him. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. He ain't one of them darkies. Yeah. <laughs> he don't speak with a, a Negro dialect my, my, my. like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. This is what white folks were saying. Yeah. Yeah. See, we keeping it real now. We voted for him. 97% of black people voted for our brother. I went out 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock. Cast my vote for my brother. But I was under no illusion. Even before he was elected, CNN was interviewing me and he said, well, what do you think about this young man? I say, he's a beautiful young man with a lot of fresh ideas. But I'm under no illusion that he's going to change the reality of black life in America. And I was right then, and I'm more right now. See, how could he, elected by black, brown, red, yellow, white, Christian, Muslim, Jews, agnostics, Buddhists, Hindus, he got to speak for the whole. You and I claim him, that's our brother, like Tiger Woods. You know, we, he hit the white ball, and we claim him. That's, that's, us. that's us. Yeah, man. And Tiger said, well, not quite. Well, well, well. Look out, look out, sir. I'm a Cablinasian. And what in the heck is that? I'm Caucasian, I'm black, I'm Indian, and Asian. 
But he don't want to confess he's a man of color. But they treat him like a nigga anyway. Look out, look out, look See, out. you silly people. That because you got a little blood from the enemy in you, you want to claim that over your blackness? He don't give a doggone about your color. You black? You another Trevon Martin with a hoodie on. Look out, look out, miss. I see my beautiful brothers with their fezes on. That cracker don't care nothing about the fez. He see that black face under that fez. He say, oh, it's one of them Moors. Them tough people. They're wise people. All right. We got to watch them. Because if they get next to them Negroes, they won't be Negroes no more. He's always looking. See, now, Reverend, listen to this. See, for 300 years, he locked the Bible. We was on the plantation. We couldn't read it. And he would punish his own people if they taught us how to read. But in the late 1700s, they said it's not incompatible for them to be slaves. And Christians at the same time. What? Wait a minute. I'm going to follow Jesus and still be a slave and it's okay with you? Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. So since we couldn't read, he took up the Bible. Oh, there's Sam Jones over there. Now that little nigga's articulate. Let's call him in. Now, Sam, you're going to be the preacher. Now, Sam, here's what I want you to preach. If they smack you on one cheek, you make sure you get that point over now. Turn the other. And now if they take your coat, don't worry about it. Just give them your pants. Now that's what you're supposed to teach. You're supposed to love them that hate you. This cracker don't love nobody. He got you in some stupid valley that you can't preach that God hates. Because you love everybody except your dumb black self. can walk through this Bible with you. God hates. But you better than God. I love everybody. You sound stupid. That's why these young people can't follow you. They don't want to end up being like you. Apologist for the master. He kill us, then you tell us, be quiet. Don't rise up and get us all killed. So these young people, see, they live with death. 
they don't even think they're going to reach 30. They're fearless and strong. They just need the voice of the Messiah. Satan got in. Split him against his elders. Well, God let it happen. Why? You got to ask this question. Why did God let that happen? Let's go to the Bible. Moses uh, and Aaron did a good job. Got them out of Egypt. But they hadn't yet got to the promised land. So they were preparing Joshua. Caleb. He said, now I want you all go spy out the land that God has chosen for you. Yeah, God chose the land. Yeah, he said, but there's, there's giants in that land. When God chooses the land, he don't care who's on it. He's going to get rid of them because they're not worthy. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if he don't like the way you living on his earth, he'll move you off the earth as he's doing today. Yes, he will. So after they came back, after spying the land, they said, gee, there's giants in the land. I mean, we ain't going in here face them giants they told Moses that you and your God go in clear them giants out then we'll go in God said well not them they're cowards they're Pharaoh's magicians not true servants of God so I tell you what We'll let them wander in the wilderness till the elders die out. Then we'll take their children and they will inhabit the promised land. See, God has promised us a land and we deserve it. We didn't do no evil to have suffered in bondage. For 400 years. You're not an evildoer. But you suffered. That the works of God. Might be made manifest in you. See. So now. He separated the elders. From the children. Because he's going to use the children. To inhabit the promised land. Because they're not afraid of giants. They just turn the guns in the wrong direction. Now just think about this. Lord. I hope you all will invite me back again. I, I hope I haven't worn out my welcome. But look at Trevon Martin. A little young black brother. With a can of pop and some Skittles. I don't even know what that is, but I guess you all eat that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you look so old. 
Because <laughs> your food is junk. Yes, sir. Talk about it. So anyway, Mr. Zimmerman sees him. Now look at this. He already profiled the brother. What do you mean, did he profile? He said, we've had a lot of break-ins in our neighborhood. Who was doing the break-in? Says black people. He said, these a-holes, they get away with it. But he was going to make sure that this one didn't get away. So he started pursuing him. He had his pistol. The boy on the phone talking to his girlfriend. Huh? Then a fight ensues because he jumped out of his car, got to the young man, and he shot him. And the sheriff said, well, I didn't see no reason to arrest him. What you mean? It was the word of a white man against a nigger. He couldn't have been wrong. See, this is the mess that we are in today. Shot that little girl in her head. Nobody arrested. See, your life means nothing. That's why David say, yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because the Lord is with me. Oh, brother and sister, suppose with all these guns that they put in our community, a young man comes up, he sees a policeman coming, and he feels a threat. He pulls his gun, blows the police away, he stood his ground. How long you think that law is going to last? If we start standing our ground. Now these young people that's out there, they are your soldiers. They're warriors. But you got to engage them. 